Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Can you feel your toes? No. No, it's, it's cold. flipping cold in here. Yeah. yeah, and the heating won't turn on. We don't know why. It's, it's on, but it's mm. not doing any heat. No. Uh, which is fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Really good stuff. Uh, this is our video game podcast. Welcome. We hope you're keeping warm at home. Each and every week we're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor that helps us keep the lights on in this studio. Any sign of dead island to the spider today? No, uh, it's too cold. It's too cold to be here. Yeah, or Probably it's too cold. Curled up in his nice nest somewhere. Jealous. Mm. Um, I have the ad read this week. Uh, it's, a, it's very timely. Yeah. It's a The Game Awards branded Yes, yes, it's happening. It's turning on. Oh, no, it stopped again. What? It just went and blew a big gust of cold air through the room and then stopped. <laughs> you guys probably couldn't hear it anyway because it'll be cancelled out. It was, was a big, big noise. Yeah. It's a, the Game Awards branded Egg Timer. Okay. Right? right? Game Awards was last week. I know that. Yeah. We all lost our minds watching it together. Yeah. We did. I'm aware of it. Yeah. Uh, so now you know exactly how many seconds you have left before your perfect egg is ready. Please Perhaps. wrap yeah. it up. Perhaps, well, that's what I was about to say. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's got functionality beyond just timing eggs. For example, if you're making perhaps a delicious burrito or ah. breakfast, breakfast wrap, mm. it will t handily tell you when your 30 seconds are up to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you know it's time to wrap your... Yes. It's time to wrap up your eggs. Mm. Uh, so the Game Awards branded egg timer yeah. available right only, now. Only 30 seconds. Though? Only 30 seconds per egg. Mm -hmm. But Unless it, you're yeah. a world famous celebrity, in which case you can talk for like five minutes. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does specify that you need to cook your eggs at like 6,000 degrees for 30 yeah. seconds. Uh, but there is an option that you can press it. When you start it up, it says, are you Anthony Mackie? Mm. And if you say yes, then you, you actually have you have way more time. Right. Do oh. you want to talk about your broken foot? Yes mm -hmm. or yeah. no? And then you can cook your eggs for much longer. But regardless, it always ends with, please, please wrap, wrap it, it up. up. And mm -hmm. then you know it's time to put those beautiful eggs into your delicious uh, whatever vessel you're going to yeah. consume your mm -hmm. breakfast by. It's good that they're monopolizing on um, the thing that people love the most about the Game Awards, which exactly. is how um, how little time they gave to the developers. Of the yeah, game. given that it's called the Game Awards, yeah, not yeah, here yeah. are some trailers. And yeah. I mean, that's what I, to be. I'm not going to lie. I watch it for the trailers. Jeff Keighley presents here are some awards. trailers. Yeah, but, but that. if you're calling it the Game Awards, and after this year of all years in terms of industry uh, issues and layoffs. 
we should be celebrating those people. Mm. Well, Jeff thinks it's a platinum year of gaming. Yeah, it is a platinum is. year of gaming yeah. in Jeff's world. Uh, well, unfortunately, that's not actually real. Oh. Uh, because, <gasps> uh, yeah, that's... Um, what? That's crazy. They don't want to go into business making egg timers. Oh. Which is a shame. But oh. they will still count you off after yeah, 30 please seconds, uh, which is understandable. No, mm. of course, we're sponsored by wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. If you go and support us there, you get access to a whole load of amazing rewards, not awards, because Jeff will ask you to leave. <laughs> rewards, including early access to worst and weirdest games and exclusive access to episodes of Main Menu and Rules Boss, new episode of Rules Boss, right? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the next one. Yeah. Uh, coming at the beginning of next year. Mm. Very, very exciting. That yeah. sounds like it's ages away. The beginning of January, the beginning of next month. Yes. A few uh, weeks. Beginning of next year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, that's it. That's what I've got to say about that. Thank you, patrons. We love you. A few housekeeping thingies uh, to get out of the way. TripleJar.Map is our website, of course. There you can find links to our YouTube, our Twitch, our Discord, if you want a cameo from any of us for Crimbles. Uh, we've got new merch coming soon to TripleJumpShop.com. If you want to go get some merch right now, though, you're both wearing some merch. Look at that. Ashton's wearing a lovely hoodie. Peter's wearing a lovely hoodie as well. Yes. Mm. Uh, Patreon.com, once again, forward slash Team Triple Jump. A few things out this week. Isn't that right? Starting with Peter Austin. Uh, that's right. We have got every SpongeBob SquarePants video game ranked from worst to best. That oh. one guy who always comments that he wants it, he's going to be so... He's going to lose his mind. Someone always comments saying yeah, he wants every, it. Yeah, every ranked list, like the top comment is by just the same guy being like, SpongeBob do, SpongeBob, do SpongeBob ranked? Well, well guess what? I was this is for you. I was surprised how many games there are. There's like mm. it's about 50 or something, maybe not oh. quite that many, but... 40 odd, I think, which is lot. mad. Mm. Yeah. You'll be able to unsubscribe after that. Yeah, like, job, like, job done. Yeah. This is all I wanted Thanks from so you guys. Much. Thank yeah. you. We're all we're working through each one of your uh your desired videos. And then once we've done your video, you can, <laughs> you unsubscribe. can unsubscribe one yeah. by one. This yeah. is this is our sort of Sisyphean task. Yeah. We're ever cursed to yeah. slowly tick off individual requests. Yeah, yeah. Also coming this week. Probably. Yes, it will. It will. It's yeah. happening. It's going to happen. It's the Tatterpill 2023. <sighs> That's coming out tomorrow yeah. at time of release. Um, and if you want to watch it and watch us open all the gifts that were sent in by you, again, you guys were so amazingly generous and oh, we yes. feel very touched by everything you guys sent. Thank you so much. Um, then you can watch that tomorrow. Hunker down with a nice cold or warm beverage and uh, enjoy what will be a heck of a long video. It's a chunky boy already. Chunky. Yeah. Uh, at the time of recording, it's nearly edited and it's already quite long. So we, uh, you know, multiple Adobe Premiere issues pending. We hope you enjoy <laughs> it on Sunday yeah. uh, when it does release. A game of the year, that's coming really soon. Of course, we do our game of the year podcast, the first podcast of the new year mm -hmm. um and we want our patrons to get stuck in patreon.com forward slash team triple jump this is open to everybody supporting us at any tier on patreon the first post has gone up what we require from you is your three favorite games of the year that's three favorite games of the year you can give us a little byline about why you like it if you want yeah. and then we'll feed that back into a complicated algorithm see a spreadsheet i will put it into a spreadsheet mm. and then a further post will go up uh, later on in the probably just before uh, New yeah, Year, just right? Yeah, just after the just after Christmas. Just after Christmas, um, we'll post about it on social media and stuff, which will be a poll featuring the most frequently mentioned games from your top Indeed. threes, and then everybody gets a vote. And People's then choice. Also, we that'll do be the top five. We do want to know what your most anticipated game of twenty twenty four is as mm -hmm. well. So do keep an eye out for that on the podcast uh, on the Patreon feed. Again, it is already there if you want to go over. I know like loads of you already have, which is amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. But if 
if you're listening and you're like, oh, I love the games I played this year, let us know what they were. Yeah, 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 yeah. come on. Yeah. And also, if you're lucky enough, we might even read your comments out about mm. it. If your game is. And don't, forget game those, makes it through, yeah. don't forget about those, you know, first quarter games. They sometimes get, mm-hmm. get all forgotten, mm-hmm. but they're there. They yeah. exist. Yeah. They do exist. Remember and those? also um, on the Patreon by now is our special Christmas Q&A episode uh, post. Mm. So this is kind of a after dark meets triple jump podcast. So we're going for like smaller, quicker questions. We'll pull it out of a hat. Maybe a Santa hat. Yeah. Any, nice? any questions, but about gaming. About gaming, yeah. uh, quick fire ones, anything you want. Um, and we will answer them yeah. in that podcast. So keep an eye out for that. I know there's like loads of posts going out in the next week mm-hmm. or so on Patreon because we want to try and get everything so you, no one misses anything over Christmas. That's yeah. what we're trying to get done. Exactly. So also on Monday, there will be a regular podcast post as well. Yeah. So there's currently in the mix four podcast four. posts what? out and about I've tried to space them out but it is very confusing so just keep yeah. an eye on the Patreon they're all going to be very clearly labelled and the bonus yes. podcast obviously logically is going to go out over the week where we're off yes. uh, doing Christmas and New Year things so uh, yeah get get all that stuff submitted thank you so much to our patrons pa- pa- yeah patrons sorry patreon.com forward slash team triple jump Perhaps the biggest news of all, though. Yeah. That's now spitting out hot air. The heater is yeah, now the heater working, is now warm. which yeah. is really exciting. That's really nice. It's really good news. Yeah. Uh, I have one final thing to mention, and that is that next week will be the final sleepover stream of the year mm-hmm. on yes. Thursday. We'll be doing that obviously slightly earlier this month because we'll not be in the final week of uh, December, apart from I am. you. You I are. I am here. Because you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. And you have no holiday. And I ran out take. of holiday. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so the sleepover stream will be Thursday. That'll be uh, 7 p.m. till 9 as per usual we'll be playing Minecraft Peter and I did some building last time without you so we need to show you what we built okay cool Uh, and also there'll be there'll be some delicious uh, adult beverages there and swearing aloud and stuff so make sure you come (gasps) along and watch us live Uh, if not you can catch up on the VOD after the fact I've uh, I've already drunk all of my Tatapil alcohol have Have you really I was away so I've not I've I've had like I I can how many ciders did you take back with you Uh, I think 15 5 (laughs) (laughs) I think five ciders I took home and wow. no no cans or it was just ciders. Um, right. I took three ciders, but I'm a I'm a vodka man. So to be I, fair, I drank a lot of them on the day, so I, I've been sharing I, them I think as I've well still with got my a few uh, better half. So uh, yeah. she was better. Now she's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So you're gonna have to get more. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to buy my own. More alcoholic beverages. I've got some mulled cider, a great big bottle of it, which I've not opened yet. A great big bottle of mulled cider. (laughs) Right, let's crack on with the first question, shall we? Uh, It's from Retro Robin. Retro Robin. Twiddly deep. Twiddly deep. Who says, (laughs) hi, Bap. My topic this week is around the recent launch of the day before and and then immediate closure of the studio behind it. Fantastic, they're without called. Without the A. But without the first A, so it's fantastic. F- fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> to recap, the game entered early access after a number of delays, and what was released was very far from the promised product, with fantastic shutting their doors only four days after launch, citing bankruptcy and claiming the funds acquired through sales were going towards paying off their debts. Should the likes of Steam be more guarded with the ability for studios to launch a product? Should they be carrying out more due diligence on developers slash publishers in an effort to protect consumers? Or will this approach simply harm indie developers? Much love, Robin. This Thanks, whole Robin. thing is crazy, yeah. isn't yeah. it? It's I didn't hear madness. about anything to do with this until the launch 
happens. Well, it's weird, I've isn't seen it? A bunch of, like I'd seen it, that it was like the most wish listed yeah. game on Steam for ages, Whoa. and like I knew that. I remember a little while ago when it got pushed back again. Everyone talking about the fact that like, oh, this game's gonna come out and it's gonna like. It started off with such a high like promise of what they had made Is and everything like that, that they'd shown up. space game that's been in early access forever? Uh, oh, oh um, star something not starcraft star, star citizen star yeah. citizen yeah um kind of but they weren't like getting people to kickstart it they had a, they initially put a, a a trailer out that people loved like it looked really good and everything they promised sounded really good and then they put a second trailer out um where they kind of pushed back the release date by like eight months and then a third trailer came out and they were like, that's not as good. This doesn't look anything like what you'd shown us before. Right. Some people accused it of like ripping off other trailers and other content from games. Then they pushed it back again to this year and then again to de- December 7th. And then like obviously it came out and um, just went, was absolute total trash. Oh dear. But have you got... Oh, right. Yeah, can you tell us yeah about I mean, that's that's you've covered a lot of it there. It was, it's been delayed multiple times. It was the most wishlisted wish <laughs> game on Steam. Um, day before, quickly became one of the most wishlisted games on Steam, sitting just behind Hogwarts Legacy until that game was released in mm-hmm. February 2023. Um, where I'm, this is a really big writer by Polygon, um, but I'm trying to find a bit where they basically were asking. Uh, here we go. In June 2022, Fantastic was criticized for its use of unpaid volunteers in the development of the day before. As reported by Well Played, Fantastic boasted on its website that anyone can be part-time volunteer to contribute to the Fantastic community and get cool rewards, participation certificates, and free codes. Joseph Gordon-Levitt would like a word. Yeah, he would, yeah. Some of that volunteer work (laughs) included translation, I don't know if I'd trust just community members to translate my game, but sure. Mm. Um, and community moderation. Other volunteer work was more opaque, according to Fantastic Since Deleted website. Part-time volunteers can also offer unique skills to improve our projects or create new special features. Uh, but they later clarified in a statement that volunteer work doesn't relate to code writing or development itself, but other important things such as moderation, localization, or simply rooting for us and cheering us up. I really loved cheering us up because I oh, just re- I just viewed all of these like volunteers as like the court jester. Yeah, right. like thank you for cheering Come us up. Come and do a song jester. for us, please. But yeah, and this whole thing's madness. Like what happens? Like people are calling out the biggest scam. Yeah, people of are calling it a scam. The like, way it ended, uh, pretty much is is uh, fantastic have removed much of their online presence since this terrible launch. Oh, they've um, purged everything. Yeah, but an X account, it's called Twitter, Polygon, come on, for the <laughs> studio still exists. Um, and one of its final messages posted to social media reads, this was our first big experience. Sh- flip happens. Yeah. Mm. In a reply to someone asking about when they're getting a refund, that was their... Yeah, but like the CEO's gone. He's gone off Twitter. Everything he's disappeared. The mm. YouTube channel got purged. Their Instagram got purged. Like their website was purged. Like everything. It was they were trying to wipe their entire existence yeah. off the face. They started changing all of their previous games. The name of the developer for each all of these mm. games yeah, started yeah. being changed. changed. The, the but name there. yeah, I mean, people were asking for refunds. Fanatic said, "Well, there's no money. We can't give you any refunds, even though you know." that people have been giving them money. The publisher was like, we're going to try and figure out with Valve how we can get your money back. I think 
Valve took on a bunch of the refunds and refunded about 100,000 people's games. Yeah. Because I think it says in the write-up, but like it's quite a long write-up. It's like 200,000 people pre-ordered the game. And of those 200,000 people, I think it was like 98,000, if not more, asked for refunds and were waiting or have been given refunds by Valve. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, Alex are like in-house game developer guy who kind of knows how it all works. He theorizes that they moved from Unity 4, not Unity, Unreal 4 to Unreal 5 and um, were using a bunch of assets in Unreal 4 that just didn't work in Unreal 5 and Mm. just didn't have the time or the knowledge to fix it. Um, Is the game still up? No, you can't buy it. It's been unlisted everywhere. Unless you've already got it either installed or purchased you because it's an mmo right yeah so it's essentially who's it was, hosting the servers is it well they've they've like said like oh you know because they have another game that's also online that right. wasn't terrible and they've kind of not said anything about it so at this point i think the servers are still up and people can still play the games mm. but i'm not sure there have been some brilliant yeah. clips on online of yeah. some of the glitches, like that one with the just like giant the Thanksgiving head. Float. Yeah. yeah, just a, a someone was killed like on the other side of the street, and they were just massive and floating <laughs> through the sky. Yeah. And really weird. Some of the um, glitches are like things that you you can't even quite figure out how something like that would even happen. Like that doesn't feel like an Unreal Engine like mm. glitch, like a visual glitch. That's like something wrong has happened here. Mm. Why is that man's head massive? And when you shoot him, he launches himself out of the ground like a Thanksgiving float. Like, Mm. it is madness. Essentially, it was a zombie hunting MMO was basically the premise. But in terms of Steam... Yeah, well, I think um, as we can... As we're seeing, um, you know, at least Steam has its, its refund policy. And yeah, you know, this could have got... This could have been really bad in terms of uh, the bankruptcy and the mm. fact that the company has basically just disappeared. And it's like, well, where's that money going to come from in terms of um, in terms of refunds? Fortunately, the publisher is there as well. And as you say, Steam, I think, are stepping in and uh, or Valve are stepping in and uh, sort of helping out here. Um, I think as long as that remains in place and there there will always be the option to refund and valve have to just work it out on their end like where this refund money is coming from Mm. then the consumer is probably as kind of as protected as they need to be i mean it's steam hasn't had a refund policy for that long compared to the lifespan of steam as a as a an app or a service um it's only relatively recently they brought that in i think if memory serves um but uh yeah i think that it would be nice if these terrible products weren't being launched and and didn't exist in the first place but as long as there's going to be the option for people uh at least on steam to get their refunds then that's probably the the bare minimum amount of protection i would I would want there to be, and and there it is, and it exists. Um, Mm -hmm. If this was being launched on other platforms where perhaps refunds aren't so easy to get, that's a different question. But in terms of Steam, things are in place already, which I think are helping. Yeah. I think that, unfortunately, there is so much guff on Steam. Like, There's so many things that seem to be uploaded daily. It's got an absolutely enormous library of games, most of which are just like terrible kind of Candy Crush-esque games or My First Unity Project kind of vibes, which is fine, you know, they've got to go somewhere. But um, there is a lot of them on Steam. So I don't know if they'd ever have the ability to police 
everything that goes up on their site and then they'd have to kind of pick and choose which ones they would. But I do think that if there's a game that's clearly, you know, it's being wishlisted by so many people on, and it's on your like, your wish list on your site, maybe that's when you kind of like look in and make sure that this game is mm. actually what it says it is. Because yeah. a lot of those games, especially PC games, are, of, are normally made by smaller studios and are normally well met with a lot of good reception. So that's fine. But then you have something like this and it really highlights how much you can get away with on the PC gaming market in terms of like, you can just say you've made a game and no one's gonna check up on it. I mean, I don't know how much policing Xbox and PlayStation do about games that go on their store. I mean, Not you've much. bought all kinds of my first Unity <laughs> projects. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's not something that I think the game distributors are necessarily in charge of, but I do, like you say, think that as long as there is post-launch kind of, not ramifications, but things put in place to protect the consumer once you've bought something, then that's much better than just being like, well, we, it's not our game, we just sold you it. So hmm. it's not our fault. But hey, maybe they should check in on what's on their wish list and see how that's going. But until someone else starts doing it, I don't think Valve and Steam really have any reason to start checking in on what's coming out on their platform. Yeah. I think Steam has always been the sort of the Wild West for better or worse. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the sort of freedom of expression that's available by letting anyone upload pretty much anything has produced some amazing results, but it's also produced some truly, truly dreadful headline-grabbing results as well yeah, in terms of some of anime that. porn mm -hmm. Well, yeah, too. and it's just some straight-up hateful stuff has ended up yeah. going on there. And thankfully, a lot of that stuff has ended up being removed after outcry. But I think ultimately what it comes down to in terms of Steam's own censorship is that if there was to be some over, more oversight from, from Valve on all this, they would have to pay people to do that yeah. and also make less money because they're actively removing products that people will be paying for. They do have a, a, a duty and responsibility to the consumers, obviously, but as you guys have said, they do have a refund policy in place already. Um, this is, I mean, it's just sort of a, an exceptional circumstance, I would say, not quite on the level of cyberpunk, which is when... I think speaking of other platforms like Sony made the unprecedented move to delist Cyberpunk, which mm. I don't think they've ever really done, not, never with a game of that high of, uh, of a profile before. Um, so these things do happen, but they're, they, as I said, they are exceptional circumstances. So while I am very sorry for the people who deserve a refund and are not able to get one, mm. at least Steam is attempting to, to make that happen and Valve yeah. is attempting to make that happen. Um, also, there have got to be some developers in the, you sort of the human cost of this whole thing. There are probably developers there who worked really hard yeah. and have nothing to do with the terrible, presumably terrible business decision of the CEO yeah. who's just disappeared well, from the internet. Well, even just the stuff. awful PR of putting like flip happens on well, social media. Well, yeah, like, and, no, they've now, and they've now got no job and, and yeah. you know, we yeah. hope they find other work. Well, clearly <laughs> the issue that they had was that they'd run out of money and they knew that the only way that they could potentially make any of this money back was just by launching the game as is yeah. when it was broken. Hence why it came out so broken and they immediately, almost immediately closed down because they knew that they were not gonna get away with this. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even a matter of like, oh, the backlash has been so bad, everyone wants a refund. Mm, we're probably gonna have to close the studio. It was, the game's out, 
run. Everyone scatter. Yeah. Just yeah. go. Cause... I think they did, uh, did a hot fix like within the first 24 hours where yeah. they were probably just adding in the last little bits and bobs that made them, they just not yet got around to adding in. Mm. Maybe it was already done pre-launch, those, those little final details. But yeah, they didn't they were really like, There's fix no anything. more updates no, coming. Yeah. 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 I think had they not closed down immediately, I think this story maybe wouldn't have been as not headline grabbing, but obviously people would have still talked about how broken it was and there would have been lots of discourse about it, but I don't think it would have been quite so shocking, not the right word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It would have Had been they just not the latest in a line of games that were released broken. broken. Game. Like, okay, yeah. sorry everyone, we disappointed you, we're going to work yeah, to we fix it. Yeah, we would have got another statement. The, yeah, on Twitter, it yeah. would have been just another, another it wouldn't picture. wouldn't have as a story. Yeah. Picture yeah, statement, still... but you know, it's it's yeah. terrible timing because it's just before Christmas and they're unfortunately not the only studio we're going to be talking about today yeah. that have been shut down just before yeah. Christmas. Now, obviously it's harder because of human nature to feel sorry for a developer that shot themselves in the foot and then went under. But there mm-hmm. there were people who worked there who I'm sure were, com- were not complicit in, in the crimes of the management yeah. Yeah. who have now just suddenly had the rug pulled out from under them because of bad decision making. Um, we'll keep an eye on this, but it is, it's mental. It's mm. really crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now it's time for a new segment um, that we started just for the new year, just to see if it kind of, you know, we'll try it for two podcasts. It if it then. doesn't work, it's then we the can just... Ah, uh, well, you know? you know, new year, new us. We'll exactly. just replace it with a exactly, different Exactly, exactly. Oh. Um, and we're calling it What We Play In. Oh. It's What We Play In time. Time to talk about the games. What we have been playing. Peter Austin, what have you been playing? I've been playing... Uh, Dragon's Dogma, Dark Horizon. Ooh. Oh, I nearly just said I've been playing Dark Horizon. The remaster. Uh, yeah, well, it's uh, was it was it remaster? It's certainly um, re-released. It, yeah, it's got like more stuff in it from the base game because I had the base game on Xbox 360? Question mark. I'm not really sure what I played it on, but a while ago it must have been 360 because it was that sort of time. Mm. Um, but then I since. Got a copy of it. Uh, I had a copy on PS4 that I never really got around to playing. I had a physical copy. I don't know where I even got it from. Um, maybe I bought it. Maybe it was a gift. I don't know. And it kind of sat on the shelf for a while because I'd played through it already when it first came out. Um, and then it was on uh, PlayStation Plus in November, um, I believe, wasn't mm, it? I'm pretty sure yeah. it was. I think it was. Sounds right. Well, I mean, I know it was. I don't know why I'm like hesitating. It November. was on yeah. Are you sure? Was yeah. It? it might have been recently. I don't remember it being on there last month. I might be misremembering. I think it was. I can bloody remember. <laughs> I can have a look if you want to keep talking about it. That'd be good, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know, because the point is, I wasn't playing it on Plus because I already owned it, but it sort of I saw it on you know an article somewhere, which I think it was saying it's in uh, the November PlayStation Plus. And I was like, oh, yeah, that game, that game. And I thought that, because um, there's a, a good mechanic in uh, Dragon's Dogma where you have your own character and you make them in the character creator. Then you also make your pawn, mm. A-W-N, not O-R-N, <laughs> um, who is your... It went into the extra catalogue right. rather than a monthly game. Okay, so it wasn't one of the actual sort of plus games. But I always, I always get confused by those posts. Yeah. Like, we got five games? Oh, no. It's yeah, you just see the R and it probably says it in tiny They make it so somewhere. hard to find your monthly games now as well. I hate Sorry, Karen. Uh, but yeah, I knew I'd, I'd seen it on a post somewhere in an image and was like, oh, that game. Uh, but uh, ev- you you make your own character and then you also make a pawn who is your little friend um, and they come on your adventures with you. And then it has this like semi-online component where it doesn't have multiplayer, but you can send your pawn off 
and it will play in other people's games. You can send your porn to anyone. And it will just start auto-playing yeah. um, <laughs> in other people's games. So you can have a team of three pawns, one including your own, and then two others that other people have created, which is which is a fun little thing. Um, and one of the reasons I'd, uh, that my copy had sat on the shelf for so long is because I have looked at it occasionally and thought, oh, that game. But then I've thought like, no one's going to be playing that. No one will be making pawns. There won't be any character-created pawns on there that I can play with. Uh, but now there are some. People, Good. People are playing that game. Mm. Um, so I've had a, a lovely time. I will not be completing this game um, because it is very big. It's a Western-style like high fantasy RPG made by a Japanese studio. So that immediately gives you an idea of the kind of thing you're dealing with there um it's it's quite kind of uh yeah it's it's grand in scale and the um the fast travel is almost non-existent so you have to sort of like run across the entire world a lot of the time there are a couple of like little points like nodes where you can fast travel from one place to the next but then when you get there you still have to run like a mile to get to the thing that you want to do out in the wilderness but it's a lot of fun and i've uh just been enjoying getting reacquainted with that so Lovely. what's your pawn, please? Uh, my pawn is called Zoya, which uh, is from something. But I couldn't think. Is it? Is that the thief from? Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm. I was Trine. just saying that. Yeah, from Trine. <laughs> uh, she's not a thief even. She's uh, she's a little the wizard. Archery. Oh, oh, in your no, game. In my, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was I was thinking like, I just want a fantasy name. And that yeah. came to my head. That is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I've been sitting there thinking, what is that? And then just looking at you two, I was like, oh, it's my Trine friends. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's who it is. Zoya um, had stolen the tribe. And yeah. then uh, there's a really, really big man with a really, really big hammer who is someone else's pawn, and he's called Brutus. Brutus. Wow. Someone has made. So Excellent. That's great. Um, so, yeah, I'm having a great time. I think it was Brutus. But uh, the best thing about that game is that you can, you do a lot of, like, fighting really, really big monsters, and you can climb on them as you fight. It's a little bit... Um, uh, Shadow, Shadow of the Colossus, yeah, yeah. yeah. but kind of small, like mid mid scale. They're not as big as that, but they're like you know a dragon or something. You climb around, like stab it in the eye and stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of fun. So that's that's all I've been playing though. That's taken all my time. Excellent. I've been playing some more Baldur's Gate three. I'm having a great time with that game. I did, however. Um, so there's a goblin camp pretty early on that you have to like take out or do something something with. Which I don't know if you watched a video actually. Sorry, just a bit of a sidetrack here. There was a video um, that someone put out. I can't remember what her channel was called about Baldur's Gate three and how you can do basically anything in that game. And they asked the community. What, how did you tackle this goblin camp? Because it's quite early on. And she was talking about all these different ways that you could go about it. Like you could like befriend the goblin camp or you could sell out somewhere else and the leader leaves and then you can like kill all of the goblins yeah, that are there. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It's basically part of the discourse about which one's better? Spider-Man or Baldur's Gate 3? You should turn-based combat ruins everything because you've got no life. Um so you're having that conversation on Twitter. Um, but yeah, basically, Baldur's Gate 3, I've been having a great time. We did the goblin camp, and then I went back to my camp to, like, rest up. Accidentally started a fight with one of the characters, um, panicked, reloaded my save, and took me back to the beginning of the goblin oh, camp. No. 
for it hadn't for some reason hadn't auto saved for like an hour, so we lost all of our progress. And my boyfriend was very upset with me, oh. and he said, "Did you panic?" And I said, "Yes, I did panic." And then uh, we ended up back at the beginning of the Goblin Camp, but it took us way less time that time because we knew what to expect. Um, but that was fun. I also I kissed Shadowheart. I was gonna say how Shadowheart. She's good. I gave her a kiss by the waterfall, and then um, though thus far, I think we've only done like had one more night sleep since then. So I've not had any other opportunities to smooch her. Mm. Um, But she keeps saying that she likes me. So I'm like, yes, yes, get in. Um, And I've also recently found Carlac, which is, she's this big, um, she's a big demon lady Mm. and she's on fire. And um, I told my boyfriend that he should try and romance Carlac. And he said, why? And I was like, because I think it's funny that you're a dwarf and she's a giant demon lady and I think that would be funny <laughs> and he was like it would be funny so um, I've been really enjoying that game I've been having a great time and I want to play more of it have to wait for my boyfriend to play with me play me huh play uh, with hello? me play it play with, it me. Play it with, with me. me thank you sorry <laughs> couldn't get my words Boulder out play yeah um, because we've started this game now and if I play it without him he's going to be well upset but um, I've been having a great time in that game and I really, I understand why everyone loved it so much. Like I can completely get it and I'm hoping that you guys will give it a go soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've got can... time penciled in over Christmas. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just, that's my game. That yeah. yeah, yeah. It made me, I almost started it this week actually when because I, I saw that post about the mm-hmm. Goblin thing and I was like, that's, yeah, I'm very excited to play it. But I was like, no, I don't, I can't focus on it at the moment. Mm. I should wait till Christmas. Um, but yeah, I've also played something else, but I'm going to keep that. For review corner and what have you been playing, Ben? I'll tell you. I've played a little bit more Persona 4 Golden via remote play. I say a little mm. bit more, like another seven hours. Mm. Uh, because <laughs> again, uh, still trying to mix those cats uh in another household so they become fast friends that mm-hmm. they can move back into my house in the new year. So just sort of sitting in a room with my uh very aggressive and scared cat who does not want to be there trying to soothe her and and I just sort of have to sit there for several hours so I brought my iPad and played uh, some more Persona 4 Golden following the guide had a fantastic time still sort of just chipping away at that um, and enjoying it remote play continues to be good stuff Mm. good soup Good soup. Good, good soup. soup. That was it, that's not relevant anymore, is it? No. That what was the window of? Uh... I was like a year ago now. Yeah, but what would like? How long was it relevant for? Was it like, like a week? Two, two weeks. Two yeah. weeks. Good lord. Good soup. Yeah, Peter and I love it now because we yeah. understand it. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that was good soup. Um, power wash simulator oh love that game that was that was on PS Plus this month, mm-hmm. and so I downloaded that because I thought, you know what. I've heard this is a great chill game, and it is. Yeah. And I cleaned the first van by myself. <laughs> then I started cleaning a garden by myself and was like, Jesus Christ, this is taking ages. Mm-hmm. It's massive. Mm-hmm. I need some help. So then um, me and the boys had a bit of a catch up because we're always looking. There are six of us, yeah. which makes it impossible to find a game to play together. Power Wash Simulator, six players, mm. requires precisely zero brain power whatsoever. Yeah. And you can just have a nice catch up while mind, so we cleaned an entire fountain. Yeah. It took us an hour and there were, si- there were five of us actually because the sixth person couldn't download it in time. But yeah, right. five of us meticulously cleaned this giant fountain yeah. while just having a nice catch up and it was perfect. Isn't great it so good? Yeah, oh man, great. I love that game. I could, I sit and I play it on my own. 
I cleaned that entire fountain on my little lonesome. How long did that take you? I don't know, like a while. Yeah, I put a TV huge. show on in the background. I was going to say, do you listen to stuff while Yeah, you do I just it, put yeah. something on in the background. Same with like um, House Flipper or Dizzy Dreamline. Normally I just put something else on in the background and mm -hmm. clean a house or something. Mm -hmm. Very satisfying. It's very good. I returned to Final Fantasy uh, 16. And I've also got a little something to talk about in Review Corner, although for <laughs> clarification immediately, uh, we got it wrong in our Game Awards wrap-up or recap last week on the podcast. The, uh, what? The, doesn't sound like us. We the DLC called The Rising Tide, which has Leviathan in it, isn't coming out until early next year. Mm. There was another DLC called Echoes of the Fallen that, re that released immediately, and that's the one that I played in Alga. Right. We got a code for that, so mm -hmm. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but after I did that DLC, I had a, just a little sneaky look at my trophy list because I thought there's got to be a few things I can tick off, right? And then I spent half an hour just like polishing off a couple of things. So I got a few extra trophies in that game. Uh, and the rest of them are all like combat, very specific combat related or finish it on stupid difficulty, mm -hmm. which I'm not going to do. Um, but anyway, I'll return to Final Fantasy 16 in a minute. I bought Alan Wake 2. I did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I took the plunge. Um, it is a game that that is out... <laughs> And no, um, this game obviously has a significant following and people yes. bloody love it. And I didn't like Alan Wake 1, uh, not a great deal. And uh, as I said at the time, I think it, it was a game of its time, mm. you know, sort of 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And then Control, I thought was great, but also I didn't get it the same way a lot of other people did in that I didn't, I wasn't blown away by Control. I think it might have had something to do with the fact that the hype dial was like turned all the way up to max because yeah. everyone was saying how amazing it was and I played it way after the fact. Alan Wake 2, kind of worried that that's a similar situation. However, I will say it's really good and I am so uncomfortable playing it at all times in a way that uh, uh, any other horror game has made me feel more so than any other... Uh, what am I trying to say? More so than than... Any of the any other, other horror, any game, other horror has game has made me feel. I'll pass it over to Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like I'm I'm constantly on edge and very nervous. It does have a uh, just like this really irritating um, sort of tactic to make you scared, which is loud noise and image displayed on screen. Mm. And it does that a lot. And it, I find it. I can't tell if it's really it's really effective, but also I find it really irritating. Yeah, because I like in any it other game, I would I would consider it a bit of a cheap tactic to make me scared. I'm also not sure about the blend of live action and and actual gameplay uh, because that feels a bit weird sometimes. It's also a very self indulgent game. Uh, I would argue, like it's so meta that it that sometimes it feels like Remedy's having a great time playing its own game while mm. I'm just sort of like peering through the window, like right. I don't understand <laughs> what's going on in there. Help you're me. having you're having so much fun, and I wish I was as well. Uh, but having said all of that, um, it is it's really good, and I'm like maybe ten hours in now, and I'm working my way through a particularly spooky area, and I'm not having. <laughs> the best time with it because it's it's spooking me quite a lot mm -hmm. um i like the the dual protagonist thing i think um the the fbi agent is is really good and i'm i'm having an easier time understanding what's what the flip is actually going on 
this time because I felt like in Alan Wake and to a degree in control as well, a lot of this stuff was either left up to to interpretation or you needed to like a flipping bachelor's degree in remedy writing to understand what the hell was going yeah. on. Whereas here I feel like I'm actually encountering characters who are trying to deduce what's going on mm. as I am, mm -hmm. which is which makes it feel a bit more approachable. So my my conclusion thus far yes being very being super political about it and trying not to upset anybody is that it's a really good game that i'm still not 100% sure is exactly for me it might just be that remedy's approach in particular to game design doesn't necessarily uh, appeal to me specifically mm -hmm. but i am glad that i'm playing it and i intend to finish it and i will report back more the, the more i play it but i am enjoying it way more than the first game and way more than control so i will say that much cool. okay. i don't think it's a perfect game though by any stretch and i feel like i may be crucified for saying that but uh, there we are i've they're said it now gonna get you i've said it now sorry look out uh, also why is uh, sam lake in it so much pass he just loves being in his games, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, is it actually him? Yeah. Like, voicing no, himself? it's not him voicing it. Apart from the live it's action bits face, where he does it? do some, where he does a little bit of voicing of himself. Right. I find it really jarring. I don't know why <laughs> I find he keeps it really weird. games. I don't know why he does it. I mm. find it very self-indulgent. If he just want, if he wants to be an actor in a game, do just it. do it. You know, Listen, you're the you're the one making the game. You Hideo, be Alan Wake. Hideo does it. Yeah, he but, does it. But, yeah. but not. I, like this is so flagrant and it's okay i think some people are like oh it's just what's he like it's sam lake it's the max Payne guy but i find having seen him talk about alan wake so much and obviously having just watched the game awards yeah i find it so unbelievably jarring that it's just that's the that's the guy who that's sam lake that's sam lake that's the remedy man just in the game being voiced by a different it's really weird Do you know what, actually it's weirding me out i would like more developers like head devs to put their faces in games yeah yeah, next I think a lot of them are actually. You enjoyed um, Landry, I want picture frames. It is, it yeah, is, they uh, normally put their photos in. Yeah. Well, I say normally, well, like, often. Yeah, but I mean, like, I want to be playing Borderlands and I can go and see Randy Pitchford in the game. <laughs> well, I doing mean, he already and voices he's doing Crazy Earl, doesn't he? So yeah. You enjoyed um, David doing oh, tutorials. Oh, my God. Yeah. David Cage doing the tutorial in um, <laughs> uh, Fahrenheit mm. or Indigo Prophecy. Uh, that is... That is like peak developer yeah. cringe where he just walks out and there's like polygonal PS2 David. He goes, hi, I'm David Cage. I'm the developer of this game. It's like, what are you doing, David? <laughs> David, Get out of here. Um, so yeah, Alan Wake 2, really weird game. Very nerve wracking though. And as a horror game, I think it's one of the most effective horror Maybe games. Maybe we'll have to ages. play it on stream or something. Or do you think it won't work for we a stream game? We do need a new game. I think game. it could work as a stream game, but I will have played it all. Yeah, but we... But Peter had played Resident Evil 4 and you had played Resident Evil I had Evil played 4. Resident Evil 4. I was 4. the only one who hadn't played okay. it. So at least only one of us would have played it. Yeah, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll play it in the we new could year. Do, we, could do, we could do it as a stream game. We'll sure. have no flipping clue of what's going on. But, yeah. Uh, so yeah, fun, but, isn't but it? that's sort of what happens with Alan Wake anyway, isn't yeah. it, right? Isn't that the idea? Well, yeah, I suppose so. I feel like I'm being very critical, but I, I just I want to be clear that it's because I'm coming into this game having heard nothing but good things and mm. it, having just won a load of awards that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm it's nitpicking time. Here I come. <laughs> Thing is, like, I'm happy for it. <laughs> the tweezers. Congratulations, game, on your yeah, reception. Yeah, absolutely. But I couldn't be less interested in playing it. I, I've, I've never liked the idea of Alan Wake. I don't mean on stream. I don't want to play on stream, but I just mean mm. in terms of playing it at home. Don't know. It just doesn't appeal to me at all. Mm. And it's yeah. not. It's not that it's too too spooky for me. It's just I don't know. It's just a bit too edgy. Yeah, kind of edgy or just, just like dark. Like I think I said this before. Like I mean, I don't mean dark in terms of themes. I mean 
visually dark. Mm. I don't want to like wander around in the dark all the time in my games. It just doesn't seem very exciting. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, it's a critical darling. Mm. Will it be my darling? We'll find out next week when hopefully I've finished it. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. And that's all I've been playing. Should we go to that corner? I would love to. Oh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Review Corner. It's nice and cosy over here. We've got some tinsel Christmas lights up just oh, in time for Christmas. It's, it's so lovely. festive. We should yeah. really expand the corner into probably a room. Nah, we? the nope? corner's oh. so cosy. Okay. Uh, ben, yes. you've been playing a game this week. I or a DLC have. of a game, specifically. I have. This code was provided by uh, Fourth Floor on behalf of Square Enix, so thank you very much for the code. And before we go any further, mm-hmm. we'll say the thing we've got to say every time. Mm-hmm. Per ASA guidelines, this is now technically classified as an ad. However, there was no financial compensation in exchange for coverage. We were just provided a code. We're just covering our asses by saying that. And that <laughs> applies to the game that you've been playing as well, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yes. I've been playing the DLC for Final Fantasy 16, the first one. It's called Echoes of the Fallen. DLC's out right now. It's the first of two DLCs. So here's the premise. Essentially, strange black crystals have been appearing on the black market, right? Gasp. But they crumble after very little use, which is really upsetting a lot of people because there's like a lot of the magic's going out of the land. That's the whole sort of uh, central Mm -hmm. drive of the game. And so people are resorting to like these aftermarket crystals. However, they're they're crap and they're really upsetting a lot of people. So Clive and his pals track down the people responsible for selling and mining these crystals uh, who lead them to the Sage Spire, which is a tower built by the Fallen, the mysterious precursor race who seemingly had dominion over some impressive powerful technology so you see a lot of the ruins around in mm-hmm. the game and like oh that's just you know it's a fallen relic or whatever so through this dlc we get to find out a bit more about the fallen you get access to some new gear there's some really cool boss fights in it and some really tough boss fights in it as well essentially you just sort of have to fight your way up to the top of the tower it is uh, like an end game dlc in the sense I was that ask it if, if it, fits at the end. it slots in just before the final portion of the game because once you finish the game or once you go into the final bit you don't then come back out Mm. which isn't a spoiler for like the mortality of any characters it's just like the game finishes yeah uh so it spits you back out just before the final mission like some games yeah yeah, yeah. so you have to have completed a couple of side quests in order to access it but it's just available in like the the hub area Mm. and then that sets you down the, the path to 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 make your way to the sage spire so I mean, I imagine most people who are going to be going for this DLC will have finished the game already. Yeah. But it was really lovely to jump back in, I've got to say. Um, And especially with the new gear as well, I was able to craft like an absurdly powerful sword after I finished the final boss of the DLC. It's only three hour-ish long, so it's not very long, uh, but it also only costs seven ninety nine. I was going to ask if it... If it's for three hours, seven ninety nine is. I mean, it's not too much. I it's guess. not too much, but it is like a you know when when you consider something. I suppose. I mean, it's it's going to vary for everyone, but certainly mm. for me at least, when you consider uh, the production value that goes into something, yeah. like it's getting all the voice actors back and yeah. crafting these new things and stuff. Seven ninety nine is. You can also get like a like a expansion pass that's yeah. a bit more the expensive that will well. cover the other one too. So it's up to you if you want to play more more Final Fantasy but uh, I actually found myself really enjoying it especially like the final boss fight of that was like pretty epic in the so end. is it just kind of like a, like a linear you go from one room and you fight someone you go into the next area and you fight someone or is it more like a is there like other stuff to do apart from fight or is it mainly just like you battle your way through so you start off in the world as it already exists yeah. and then you do you know a few encounters and stuff and then you get told okay that's where we need to go and then mm-hmm. once you're in the tower you are just going to the top 
uh, I mean, Final Fantasy 16, when you boil it down, is just basically fighting and right, walking okay. to the next fight. You know, there's not, there's not a huge amount of variety in the gameplay. Yeah. But they have at least, you know, expanded the, the mystique around sort of the fallen mm -hmm. and giving a bit more context there. And also, I've heard a lot of people, I think, rightly point out that it's quite nice to have what feels like an end game for a game that didn't have an end game before yeah. because you presumably going into the final area of the game have your best gear mm. you have all the skills that you want to have so you it does provide a decent challenge if you play it on an appropriate difficulty there's even you know there's more trophies that go with it and there's one trophy for beating that final boss on the hardest difficulty because it's a pretty tough boss even right. on like baby difficulty it's pretty <laughs> tough let me tell you uh, but yeah that's available right now and my recommendation would be that if you enjoyed Final Fantasy 16 and you're looking forward to the more meaty expansion next year you should probably give it a go it's, right. it was it was quite nice to hop back in I had to remember how to play yeah. but then I realised ah yes I remember now and also it's the combat's really fun so Fair yeah enough. available right now Echoes of the Fallen well can I tell you about something completely different of course you may I would like to tell you about House Flipper 2. Go on. You know that I like House Flipper. I do. The first one. I bought, when they did like a sale a little while ago, I bought all the DLCs and I was playing through that a lot, kind of, you know, it's quite meditative in terms of what you're doing. My boyfriend does not understand why I play it, but still I enjoy it. <laughs> um, this, we got a code sent to us from Frozen District, Merge Games, Playway, sent to us by their PR company. But uh, I've really been enjoying it. So I've, I've played it for a few hours last night, um, mainly because I knew as soon as I downloaded it, I was going to play it and I wanted to make sure that I had ample time to sit and tear down houses or build mm, houses mm. up. Um, but I, yeah, I really enjoy it and I really like the first one. There's lots of changes that they've made. It feels way more involved in this game than it did in the previous game. Okay. So um, you, when you're painting, rather than just kind of like the paintbrush paints an entire strip of a wall in one go or more depending on how leveled up you are um you have to mark out an area for painting you have to choose the paint then you have to like you can paint in any order so you can paint like a smiley face if you fancy it um or a same, frowny face or a frowny face Whoa. if you're frowny um same with wallpapering it used to be you just kind of slap it on and it would just go onto like one section of the wall or more depending on how upgraded you are now you do it in kind of like a square so you can be a bit more tactful with where you're putting wallpaper so with things like decorating some of your own houses outside of the like campaign mode which they're normally is in these games um you can be very kind of creative with how you're making your houses the furniture is a lot um, more customizable you can put any um like pattern on any bit of furniture you can change the type of wood the type of material the things are made of so you can match things a lot easier whereas the last game kind of had like well there's things that almost match but the swatches aren't always the same for different wooden things and you might think oh well cedar and this is the same as cedar and this but it doesn't match and then that drives you mental because that's the kind of thing that drives you mental yeah. um but yeah definitely a lot more involved in this game um than the previous game which i don't hate i quite enjoyed um i think it gave you a lot more freedom like i say also they've definitely leaned in a little bit more to unpacking and how well that game did because okay. when some, some of the few kind of like um campaign missions that we were given um they have like an unpacking mechanic where there's a bunch of boxes and you have to open the box and then get a bit of furniture or normally it's kind of like assorted tat or kitchen stuff and put that away in the kitchen and things are in the wrong place but again don't punish you if you don't move them but are kind the kind of thing where you'd be like well this 
this plastic duck doesn't go in the bedroom it goes in the bathroom of course, of course. um but yeah it looks great they've like upgraded the visuals from the first game and in general i think they've just kind of built on what they'd already established in the first game and and done it so much better mm. i do think that potentially they may have overcomplicated it in places like and not in a way where it's like oh man this is so complicated in a way where it's like it's just an extra step that like I probably wouldn't have needed them to add if they didn't really feel like they had to. Like, for example, and it's so ridiculous, when you're cleaning something, so you, if you, when you upgrade your cleaning ability, you get a spray and you press like the R key to spray and then that makes cleaning quicker. Mm. Whereas I'm just like, I'm just going to scrub and scrub and scrub. Right, right. Um, but uh, yeah, like I say, I've been really enjoying it. And I do think that if you're a fan of the first game, then... There's just more of the first game, if you fancy it. Amazing. So it sounds yeah. like there's been a lot of quality of life improvements. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do think it's a, a little bit more confusing about how to access some stuff. They've moved a lot of the menus around in the shop, in the store for like furniture and wallpaper and stuff. And I do think it's not always the most clear when you're accessing like a wallpaper rather than like a paint finish or something mm-hmm. i got a little bit confused towards the start of the game when i didn't have all the abilities because you unlock them by doing some of the campaign stuff and i kept getting wallpaper out when i was like oh i, w- I thought this was paint like i'm um, how do i get to where i need to get to but i've figured out the menus now but it just took a little bit more kind of a little bit more teething to get mm-hmm. into the menus and stuff because they are very different than the first game yeah new zen um, game for you do you think I think so, yeah. I mean, I played almost all of them in the first game. Um, I do still feel a bit more inclined to go back to the first game because I do think, like I say, it was simpler and it did kind of, like, you could really switch your brain off with that. Like, there was no thinking really involved. Whereas this does have a little bit more thinking, but it is also more flexible and more free and you can decorate the houses a lot more how you would like to rather than, say, how they've, like you've not got as many limitations which is mm-hmm. nice so if you're fans of like the sims who are like really into kind of decorating and making things look nice then this is definitely a step in the right direction for them but if you enjoyed house flipper for the simplicity of well i just have to aim at wall and press button to go yeah. this might be a little bit more complicated than you want it to be but i still think it has its merits and it will definitely suit people who are fans of the first game fantastic do you know when it's released it's out now okay. it released on thursday um so it is out right now if you fancy playing it and it's on playstation 5 xbox series and pc so brilliant fancy giving it a go why don't you give it a go fantastic should we leave the corner yes let's. can you turn off the christmas lights on the way out? Oh, if i have to thank you ashton it's time now for question two. It comes from Ferris Wheeler. Fantastic name. Holy conglomeration, Batman. Before even taking its first steps, it seems the proverbial baby has been tossed out of the bathwater yet again. The new Free Radical studio under the banner of Embracer Group, boo, has closed. This brings us ever closer to having to face the question with so few... With so few large companies owning so many studios, what happens when one that is too big to fail finally does fail? What will happen to all those poor studios when Embracer Group collapses under its own weight? Keys, keys. It says keys keeps, actually. It does say keys keeps. <laughs> Sorry, actually. Um, I have a little write-up here from PC Gamer um, by Andy Chalk. It appears that... Charlie's as... brother. We did that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Do you remember Charlie Chalk, Ashton? Charlie Chalk, Ashton. No, and I still don't understand it. 
Um, as first rumoured in November, Times Twitter Studio Free Radical Design has been closed. The studio website has been scrubbed and now bears a simple message saying 404, company not found, sad face. While multiple employees have said that today was their last day. Free Radical was originally founded in 1999 by ex-Rare developers and the creators of GoldenEye 007 and Perfect Dark. Free Radical found success with the quirky shooter series Time Splitters, which debuted in 2000 as a PlayStation 2 launch title, with further sequels in 2002 and 2005. Um, Princess! Huh? Princess! They've got small food. That's Charlie Chalk, Thank you. Um, Of course it is. Free Radical closed its doors in 2014, several years after being acquired by Crytek. It was reformed by the Swedish holding company Embracer Group under its Deep Silver division in 2021 to make a new time splitters, but the failure of a $2 billion investment deal earlier this year resulted in multiple layoffs and studio closes for Embracer. Um, and then here's a quote from Free Radical QA manager Kevin Ellis. Oh, I've got that as well. This is a, tra- this is a sad quote. It's this so one. sad. As the sun sets on my last day at Free Radical Design, I feel privileged to have the co- have had the opportunity to collaborate both with the industry legends and with emerging talents who will no doubt shape the future of the industry. Free Radical Design was a hub of creativity, but sadly, we join an ever-growing list of casualties in a broken industry where entire studios are treated as replaceable cogs in a soulless machine fixated on nothing but share prices. Oof, Kevin. Go off, Flick Kevin. and get him. Yeah. Um, and then an update on this article. A statement sent to PC Gamer on December 12th. PlayOn confirmed that Free Radical Design has been closed. And then this is a quote from them. Um, it is with a heavy heart that we must announce yet another difficult decision. Today we've confirmed the official closure of Free Radical Design and say goodbye to many remarkable, talented and hardworking people. We are beyond grateful for their incredible contributions to PlayOn and wish them the best of luck and success on their professional journey from here on out. Embrace, and this is just a little tidbit Embrace have previously closed Saints Row developer Volition and Danish Danish RPG studio Campfire Cabal as part of its ongoing restructuring Uh. well isn't that nice everyone another studio another I think they said over a thousand people was it over a thousand people? I think so. I don't yeah. think laid off industry wide rather than just to embrace it two weeks before Christmas I feel like a little part of me almost thought this is inevitable as soon as they said they're making a new time. It was time too good splitters. to be true, like, right? This, this, is, this just can't happen. The universe mm. will not allow this to happen. <laughs> Something will go wrong. But, to put uh, it into perspective, my my eBay logo for my profile mm-hmm. that I've had since like the mid-noughties mm. uh, is the... You remember when they were releasing teaser art for uh, Time Splitters 4? Mm-hmm. And it was like lots of parodies. And one of them was like a Gears of War cog. With all the chimps. But it had a chimp in the mm-hmm. middle. That is still my profile photo right. on eBay. And uh, that was, yeah, nearly 20 years ago. Now. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's all very sad. Obviously, the the saddest part is the human aspect here. The people who've yeah. lost their jobs. Um, yeah, we're, we're sad that Time Splitters isn't coming anymore. But uh, yeah, more importantly, just before Christmas, we've got yeah. these layoffs. It's the latest in a long line, as we all know. We've covered various similar stories throughout the year. Um, I mean, to answer the question uh, by Ferris, Ferris Wheeler, um, what happens when a company that's too big to fail finally does fail? What happens to all the poor little studios when Embracer Group collapses? Well, I mean, again, first and foremost, there's the human aspect. People will lose their jobs if and when that does happen. Um, In terms of those studios and kind of what is associated with them and the IP that they own and the IP that Embracer Group currently has the rights to, when a company a company uh, goes bankrupt, 
certainly in the UK and I imagine sort of worldwide, um, the assets are liquidated and will be sold off to mm. uh, mm. make money to pay debts. It's so the second, potentially the second time it's happened to THQ. Yeah, yeah, which is unreal. That's right. So, um, in terms of what will happen to various uh, franchises that are maybe under Embracer Group that you are a fan of, such as Time Splitters, uh, if there was a great big collapse, um, then they wouldn't cease to exist, and neither, in theory, neither would they be held by uh, some sort of entity that is no longer running or working, and you know they're just lost to some sort of concrete case that will never be opened. They, in theory, would be passed out to other people, sold off to other people. So um, I don't know. It's worrying um, where this is going. Um, in a way, not that I wish any more company closures on anyone under Embracer or elsewhere in the industry, but in a way, it would almost be nice if we like ripped the band-aid off and Embracer yeah. did just collapse. I was literally thinking mm. that exact same thing. Like I've got my bow and arrow and I'm like aiming for Embracer group and desperately trying not to hit anyone else. It's like a balloon it. that's slowly letting yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Release all those people. Uh, Sell can, it off now. Just yeah. start selling stuff. Who can hopefully is, go off and do better things elsewhere. The um, issue is they own so many that mm. I don't even think if they started selling off studios that there would buyers. be enough people to buy them. Like mm -hmm. they're so... Massive. I mean, we've already seen that they've been trying to sell off Gearbox for ages. Mm -hmm. They just bought Gearbox and immediately tried to sell them off, and nobody wanted to buy them because they've, like, they're, everyone's full. Everyone's yeah. pockets mm -hmm. are are empty. At the I moment. mean, if to buy it again, if there was yeah. a, a a huge collapse for Embracer and they literally went bankrupt and liquidated all their assets, then um, I imagine the if there weren't any buyers or there weren't enough buyers for all this stuff, mm -hmm. then the the value of certain companies within Embracer might sink so low that like those actual employees could potentially, you know, maybe buy out their own company if they wanted to make a go of it. And if mm -hmm. they had the capital to do so, that's not going to be possible in every case, but uh, maybe that's one thing that could happen. If there aren't enough buyers for everything, then maybe the studios themselves could kind of go independent or yeah. mm -hmm. by themselves. Unfortunately, we've been seeing a lot more in the last few years, big, big name companies consuming smaller, smaller dev studios. And we've been saying for a while that this is objectively not a good thing, because when something is being held up by one hand, it only takes one too many things to for everything to fall down. And I I feel horrible for all of the devs and all of the studios that sit underneath Embracer because what may have started out as a very like exciting prospect of being part of the Embracer group and being owned by whatever Embracer group is, I, I honestly couldn't even tell you who they are really. Um, just a bunch of people with too much money. But as much as it's like great at the at the beginning of like, yes, amazing, we're getting all this funding from this big studio, like they really want us to develop our game. Now it feels a bit like the Hunger Games in the sense of like only one of you may survive. And if you don't succeed in either putting a game out quick enough and putting a game out that works well enough and has a great um, critical reception and gets lots of money into our pockets, you're gone, you're dead, you're dead in the water basically and the weirdest thing was they were buying like really straight yeah. initially at least buying like anything they could get yeah. there was like really weird ips and like yeah 
obscure small studios that obviously have every right to exist, but like yeah. they aren't going to make them the next blockbuster no. with all due respect. No, exactly. And it does, it obviously felt like a little bit like, oh, we're starting small with like some small studios with like interesting IPs. We get, we're getting some stuff in, but now like obviously I don't, I, there's no list that I like is easy to find of everything that yeah. Embracer Group owns. Mm. There's not quite, it's not easy to figure out exactly who they own and and what they're doing with them. So it's hard to to know how many of these layoffs are coming as part of Embracer Group. We obviously know a few names like this one, but it is, oh man, it's just such a shame. And I, unfortunately there's like nothing we can do about it. Mm. Like, they're crystal dynamics now. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. We just kind of have to watch the Jenga tower fall. And yeah, it's it's not great. It doesn't feel great. And I feel so sorry for everyone who works for Embracer, who must constantly feel just like living in fear. This yeah. is going to be the last week of my job. Like if this game doesn't launch now or well, we're done for. Mm. And I join the very, very long employment line in the in the game industry now. Yeah. But like well, like Jeff said, Platinum Year for Gaming. Platinum Year for Gaming, really good stuff. So good. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm completely out of my depth here, legally speaking, and we all are. Um, yeah. But I think it should, this should happen before they collapse, uh, but especially in the wake of them collapsing. Uh, mass unionization. Of of gaming workers that mm. we've already seen a huge increase in that this year, which is really good stuff. Lots of um, sort of portions of companies voting to to unionize. I think uh, the the QA testers at Zenimax or Bethesda have unionized now. They're they're a union, which mm. is fantastic to see. Uh, so they will get more protections there. I think more involvement and oversight from local governing bodies as well. When studios where when companies are just buying other companies willy-nilly, which especially in hindsight, which I appreciate is a difficult thing to predict ahead of time, it seems that Embrace's entire business strategy was essentially a gamble on getting $2 billion of investment, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, which is shocking and so unbelievably irresponsible that, as I said at the time, it feels like it should be illegal. Yeah, It doesn't feel right. Mm. Well, they've been a bit dodgy with it, really, in the sense that like, when it came to Microsoft buying Activision, it was such a big one purchase that obviously everyone was involved hmm. but they've been like gradually slowly snapping, snapping up the next yeah. thing and the next thing and the next thing so much so that we hear the news but like there's everyone's kind of by the time they're like we, this isn't right they, yeah. they've done something else they've got the next thing or yeah. you know most of these studios are european yeah um and i feel like the eu should probably be taking notice of this mm. and and perhaps there be much stricter rules in place uh, before such things are allowed to uh, allowed to happen which i appreciate probably impedes a lot of business movement and maneuvering uh, however i mean this happens this this is literally an example of why as you said this uh, you know getting having one person hold all of the apples is a bad thing because everything's at risk. I do wonder uh, what... I, I agree that mass unionization is a good thing, but mm. I wonder uh, if that would have helped in this case. Like, It can certainly help with workplace conditions and the way you're being treated mm -hmm. and how much you're yeah, paid and what your rights are. But if the conglomerate that owns you um, says, we're selling such and such a thing, there's probably a, not a lot a union can do in that instance. Which no, is you're right. It would you have are to right. Be I know like, you know that, but yeah. It would have to be like a union 
where all of the companies owned by Embracer Group are part of one union. And they say, we'll strike if you <laughs> sell to us say, against Embracer. Yeah, yeah, you say, well, if you <laughs> if you close down this studio, then we're not going to produce games for you. <laughs> yeah. It, it would certainly help for the workers to yeah, be better organized is, yeah. is what I mean. But yeah, yeah like if, if there's no money left, it's, yeah. your union's not going to do a great mm. deal. Um, as, as you pointed out, Peter, um, whatever's left of Embracer would be sold off. Mm -hmm. So you'd like to hope that uh, staff, entire studios and IPs would end up going somewhere else. And also, I've, I've also written down that studios if they have the capital themselves, can become independent. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd like to think something like Crystal Dynamics would be independent. Gearbox could be repurchased by Randy and his pals, potentially. Um, you know, we saw this happen with IO Interactive when they left Square Enix. They bought their independence and uh, also the Hitman license and mm -hmm. another license as well. And they're absolutely thriving. They've got... Um, They've got studios all over the world now. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so that from from the ashes might rise a new phoenix. However, this situation should never have come about in the first place, and it's terrible. And yeah. uh, our thoughts go out, especially to Free Radical. That's like, why do they keep doing this to us? It it, it died, and then Crytek brought it back. Yeah. And then it died. And then Embracer brought it back, and and it died, and we didn't get any time splitters that entire time. No. They still haven't re-released the original ones, which I think is just—it's such easy money. Yeah, print money. It's yeah. it's unbelievable that there's not sort of a trilogy collection. It doesn't even have to be remade. Mm -hmm. Just no. just spit shine it and re-release it. Just make it playable on. Just systems. put it out yeah. there. I I part of me does think though that if they did end up releasing a time splitters four, it would just be way too late. Mm. Yeah, it, the, the, it would have been. Probably it might have been a bit Duke Nukem Forever. Like, yeah, a bit naff. Yeah, yeah. It, might, it may well have been, and even us playing it, who love Time Splitters, would have gone. Oh, actually, mm. games industry has come a long way since then. Yeah. Yeah. It, it may, it may, its time may well have passed. But I just think this what I've, a fumbling of the of the ball. I found a list, and the last okay. time we talked about um, Embracer, this this Wikipedia article was not there. So someone's definitely gone through and figured this one out. Good. But like, these are all of the games that are owned by, all of the companies that are owned by Embracer Group as of this year. Obviously, a few That's of them have been lot. closed down. A few of them have been sold. You're still scrolling. Still scrolling down, still scrolling down. And that's the last thing they bought was Captured Dimensions in January 2023, which is part of Gearbox Software. The, uh, <sighs> the annoying thing about this is, I mean, again, we're not legally uh, qualified to talk about to 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 make any like strong statements on this, but I presume that just because they've closed down um, Free Radical, it doesn't necessarily mean that that the Time Splitters IP is like uh, in play for other people. You know, they're not they're not. I don't mm. think it's like being sold. I think they still get to just own. They yeah, they, they can just, pick and choose what it. they keep hold of. Yeah. They'll have kept hold of all the IP and sold the studio. Uh, so the studio doesn't exist, but well, they could still the closed just, it down. Just, sorry, closed. Yeah, um, if only they'd sold it. Uh, like no, the closed name it down. Of the CEO of Embracer Group. His mm -hmm. name is Lars Wing Wingerfors. Yeah, I've heard right, of him. That's before, a Bond yeah. villain. Yeah, name. <laughs> they're Swedish, aren't they? Embracer, I think. He is um, maybe. I don't know if he's Swedish, but I think Embracer is Swedish. He's the it? founder and CEO. Uh, I hate this guy. Well, there you go. So uh, not only are they closing all these studios down, but the associated IPs are just staying in their languishing, yeah, in their coffers. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, they should. You're you're bang on. They should just start selling stuff off. 
Yeah. Let, let let these let these poor people. I just worry yeah. with them doing that that there's just no one no one there to buy. Well, you're right. Maybe but, yeah, because yeah, everything's already been consolidated. I yeah. don't know. You know, maybe they yeah. own so many studios and so much stuff. I wish Microsoft had bought them instead, but that probably wouldn't have been allowed. They're just too big. Embrace it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe yeah. there definitely would have been layoffs after that merger. Yeah, well, for sure. Would have been, yeah. And we're we're hearing about more layoffs at Bungie as well. That's something that's happened in the past few weeks. The first round of layoffs was apparently oh, separate man. from the PlayStation ownership, but now there's these new layoffs, maybe because of the PlayStation ownership, and it's all just a total mess. Yeah, it really is. Anyway, we hope those people find Flatten work, and we're really sorry to hear that you've lost your jobs. It's yeah. it's dreadful. Shall we move on to something that uh, segue into talking about something strange? Yes, please. Yes. Weird news. Weird news. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. Remember, if you want to submit some weird video game news to us, you can do so under the relevant social media post that goes out on a Tuesday. Tuesday. However, if you'd like to guarantee a shout out at this point in the podcast, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump and sign up as a podcast producer. Just like G.Y. Goliath. Nicole Hansen. Duncan Wilson. Katie Garrett. Eric C.U. Potato Shack 99. Chip. Chris Thompson's Thumbs. <laughs> Melody Elbonne. Nexus Polaris. Gabrielle Philippine. Blake Thomas. Janet Wicks. Wicks. Great Giggity. And Sharma Nomo. Thank you so much. Thank some you. new names on that list. Well, some lovely new names. Thank yeah. you, podcast producers, very Thank much very indeed. Much. <laughs> you got some weird news there, Peter. Got some weird news. It was submitted by Jonathan Wong on Facebook. Top fan. Top fan. Top I, fan. I didn't see, but probably. I mean, yeah. he's, he's in here every week, time. so yeah. I would so assume busy. so. Top fan, Jonathan. Uh, this is written by Kenneth Anderson, according to Metro.co.uk. Donald Trump was going to be a playable fighter in Tekken 7. Oh. <sighs> Which Tekken was this and when was it coming out? Uh, Tekken 8 is coming out next year, so... Oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. So this is the previous Tekken game. Okay. Which came out. One. I think it was when we were at What Culture, Tekken 7 came out because I covered it. Let me look. Oh, right. Okay. Well, yeah, this was. All oh, right. Okay. I'm just trying to work out if they made this decision. Well, I'll tell before. you. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Uh, if it wasn't for an upset Uber driver, Donald Trump might have been throwing combos in Tekken. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you'll find out. Okay. It was released to arcades in March 2015. Oh, right. A while ago. Then. Yeah, it comes out on arcades first and then console about a year later normally mm. uh, or two. Uh, 2016, it came out on console. Right. Part of the fun of Tekken games is there are so many different types of fighters from the serious boss man Jin Kazama to Panda, the giant panda. Um <laughs> Tekken 7 launched with a whopping 36 characters in 2017, but it could have been 37 if the original plan to include Donald Trump went ahead. This Why? Was, this was revealed after Tekken streamer Level Up Your Game posted a video of himself on Twitter where he pretended to be a new character in the game under the name of Law of America. This got the attention of director Tekken director Kat, Katsuhiro Harada who shared a story of just how close we were to seeing former U.S. President Trump as a playable character in Tekken 7. I mean, it would have been fun to, like, beat him up. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's true. A commenter joked that they thought Law of America was Trump's reveal in Tekken 8, but they didn't realize how close to the truth they were. Harada shared a story of when he and Tekken producer Michael Murray were in the U.S. when Trump won the election in 2016 and started talking about putting him in the game. This is a quote now. If I recall correctly, there is no licensing fee for making character goods or games about the President of the United States, is there? There's a lot of buzz around it, so why don't we put him in the game, Harada said to Murray. Michael and I had a blast. There's talk a lot of buzz about it. Yeah. Yeah. The it's new president. Oversimplification yeah. of, of the whole uh, thing. Michael and I had a blast talking about Trump's fighting style and the rage arts idea for a moment. That's the kind of super move that you can do kind of almost like once per round pretty much. Mm. Harada shelved the idea of Tech and Trump, however, not uh, but not because it wouldn't be funny. Uh, we're on a quote again now. Then I cooled down and sealed the idea. Why did I seal that idea? Because the driver of the Uber we were in at the time started blasting off at 200 kph, that's 125 miles per hour, while calling out, Flip Donald Trump. I rate that guy. Yeah, five stars. Apart from the speeding, but other than that. Harada didn't specify which game in the Tekken series they considered adding Trump to, but Trump won the US election in 2016 and Tekken 7 was released on, on consoles in 2017. Oh, I was wrong, sorry. Um, well, th that's what this... This is the Metro, so I'm not sure. Uh, unfortunately, Harada didn't go into detail about what fighting moves they were discussing for Trump, uh, but if you've been a grappler or an all-out fighter, we'll never know. And that's probably for the best. I agree. It is probably for the best. Yeah, it's for sure for the best. Weird, though. Yeah. Weird. Weird I've news. got some news... Yeah. From at Aaron Pristelsky on Twitter. Sorry if I said your name wrong. Thank you so much for submitting. Um, it's from the gamer, not the gamer ant. Um, no. Oh, I don't want your cookies. Go on. Oh, they're then the gamer shit. ant will be over. Um, but this by Joshua Robertson. Valve is telling off Steam Deck owners for sniffing vent fumes. Ooh. If you ever found yourself occasionally taking a big whiff of your Steam, de Steam Deck exhaust, Valve wants you to cut it out. <laughs> Steam decks are a pretty nifty bit of kit, just in case you've never seen what one of them is. Um, 
It's a pretty beloved system among PC gamers who also love nothing more than mashing their nostrils up against the handheld's exhaust and taking a big whiff of the fumes. You can find countless Reddit threads and other social media posts about the Steam Deck owners who seemingly can't get enough of the smell that comes out of their Steam Deck exhaust, with a more recent post complaining about how the smell of the Steam Deck OLED's exhaust is different to the base model. <laughs> we have f- fellow vent sniffers at the gamer, so we can relate, but Valve itself would rather people cut it out and recently told us all off for doing it. Vent sniffers what sounds like is a Reddit. That? We have vent sniffers at the gamer. Yeah. Okay. If you, you know, if you want to admit that, good yeah. for you. Reddit user Metapod100 recently asked Steam support whether sniffing the Steam Deck vent is safe or not. Thanks, Kotaku. Explaining that while the whole vent sniffing thing is more of a meme than something that normal people typically do, they actually quite like the smell when it comes that comes out of the handheld. That question was met with a reply from a probably rather concerned customer support agent who advised against doing it for the safety of their health. What could it possibly smell of? Just hot electrical components, yeah. like, like, like any that, other device. Sort of like a chemically And smell. whatever dust you've got in the vent. Yeah, some lovely skin. Some lovely crust of bread or something. Um, while Valve states that there are no safety concerns regarding people sniffing vent fumes, it would rather owners didn't do it to avoid poten- any potential health risks. It's highly likely the smell coming out of your Steam decks aren't po- poisonous in any way, as you'd hope Valve would test for that kind of thing, but huffing exhaust fumes probably isn't something that the company can actively encourage or force or becoming popular. And this is a quote from them. While there are no safety concerns with general usage, directly inhaling the device's vent fumes should be avoided. We understand that may be a meme, but please refrain from this behavior for the safety of your health. So, yeah. Um, even the person that logged the support ticket stated that they're just going to keep doing it, which is a level of pettiness and blatant disregard for their own health that you can only sit back and admire. Mm. Why why are people on the internet so weird? And the fact that if I was if I worked in customer support and it was my job to like reply to these tickets and stuff or like you know I'm a community manager and I'm getting tweets I would be so sick of people I'd be like it's a meme I get it but please don't huff it I would I would risk my job to say keep sniffing it in the hopes (laughs) that like we could you know get a bit of natural selection in here (laughs) or cull off some of the steam deck sniffers yeah are you a vent sniffer let us know in the comments below God, I hate that phrase. That is not good, is it? (laughs) My weird news comes from Matthew Weselovsky. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your last name, Matthew. Uh, This is a news story from IGN. Lethal Company gets hilarious arachnophobia mode. I really want to play this game. I've not got around to it yet, but everyone seems to love it. They're going crazy for it. Well, it's got even better. I know. And you know who would know? Anthony Wood. Who's the name of the writer of this article? Anthony Wood. Anthony Wood, very good. good. That's very good, actually. Thank you. Cooperative horror title. This is about spiders. Yeah. Cooperative horror title. That maybe is where Dead Island 2 the Spider has gone. He's busy. He's he's, he's in other games. He's booked and busy. Cooperative horror title, Lethal Company, has introduced a hilarious arachnophobia mode as part of its Frosty update, which adopts a unique approach to making the spider enemies a little less scary. Joining the arachnophobia mode craze that took off in 2023, which replaces spiders with something less terrifying, Lethal Company developer Zekas decided to take a lighthearted and literal approach. Players can now replace... 
Okay, players can now replace completely replace the infamous <laughs> the infamous <laughs> bunker spider's eight-legged form with a 3D model of the word spider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when killed, the word is simply turned upside down to indicate the newly deceased nature of the now alphabet-based foe. Do you want to see it in action? Yeah, it's good stuff. It's going to look like a Gary's Mod error, isn't it? Oh, it does. I don't Spider. know if it's a bit scarier to have like giant word arts scampering towards <laughs> you, but someone will definitely make a game where it's just you're just being chased by the words of like monster mm. or like yeah. zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Lethal Company took the horror gaming community by storm when it entered early access on the 23rd of October, with many praising its spooky gameplay loop and proximity voice chat. It racked up 100,000 concurrent players in a month and spawned countless viral moments, blah, blah, blah. And there we are. That's my weird news. So if you're playing Lethal Company and you're scared of spiders, I liked, don't um, worry. There was a picture of it. And it was like the spider's trying to come through the door. But because it's kind of like... It's too wide It now. just says Pider. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Pider's here. Hey, guys, yeah. are there any spiders out there? No. Just a... Just, just a... It's just a... It's just a... Just a pid. It's just a pid. <laughs> Uh, just like it just says, uh. <laughs> it's time for oh, the big discussion. It's big discussion time. Time for the big video game discussion that this week comes courtesy of Chris McVeigh. Hi, Bap. Hi. Hello. The ESA has finally confirmed the news we've all been pretty sure of for a few years already. E3 is no more and will not be returning. It's been such a slow death that everyone's already done their eulogies, so I won't make you repeat yourselves. Instead, I wanted to ask you what you think this holds for the future of Jeff's various shows that have sort of taken E3's place. Summer Game Fest and the Game Awards exist solely because of his industry connections, and Gamescom Opening Night Live came off the back of uh, of the TGA's success. What happens in the future? If slash when the industry as a whole gets bored of being upstaged by Hideo Kojima or the honky star rail money dries up, could all these announcements... All these announcement shows go the way of E3 in time as well. I've got a write-up here from Eurogamer and Ed Nightingale for uh, Rest in Peace, uh, E3, again. Oh, yeah. Uh, The Electronic Entertainment Expo is no more. The future of the convention was in doubt after the 2023 event was cancelled, and ReadPop, owner of events such as PAX and EGX, as well as Eurogamer, said in September it would no longer work with the Entertainment Software Association, ESA, to relaunch the show. After more than two decades of E3, each one bigger than the last, that's a lie, The time has come to say goodbye, reads a post on X, formerly Twitter, by the official E3 account. Thanks for the memories. The event website has also been updated with the same message. Stanley Pierre-Louis, president and CEO of the ESA, confirmed the news to the Washington Post. We know the entire industry, players and creators alike, have a lot of passion for E3. We share that passion, said Pierre-Louis. We know it's difficult to say goodbye to such a beloved event, but it's the right thing to do given the new opportunities our industry has to reach fans and partners. Changing my page. There were fans who were invited to attend in the later years, but it really was about a marketing and business model for the industry and being able to provide the world with information about new products, he continued. Companies now have access to consumers and to business relations through a variety of means, including their own individual showcases. Uh, so there we are. That's the write-up. I think it's interesting how the the narrative has sort of changed because it like it's like, oh... Man, it's gone. That's a shame. Mm. Well, you know, there's lots of other showcases. Whereas a few years ago, when it actually was dying properly for the first time, it was, oh, we doxed all those journalists. Mm. Oh, the tickets are really expensive. Mm-hmm. Oh, like no one wants to show up anymore. Yeah. And it was like, it felt kind of mismanaged. Well, I asked the community 
what they thought. Oh boy. And the, there was a few people, well, a lot of people said that they didn't even know that it was still going, that they thought it already was canceled forever, which is, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then the general kind of vibe was that people will miss the cringe and also that there's lots of people who have always wanted to go to E3 but never been able to yeah. and now never will be able to, which I think is kind of our similar vibe of like, it is a shame that it's gone because we'll never get to experience it. And there's not really anything like it. Um, but also there's an acute awareness in all of us that it it it, over, it it was outdated and it was replaced by younger, newer, hotter Jeff Keighley. <laughs> Sexier Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I certainly don't think that, uh, could all these announcement shows go the way of E3 in time as well, uh, as Chris asks. I don't think that is necessarily likely to be the case, or certainly not for the foreseeable future. I mean, you know, the gaming landscape and just general kind of media and marketing landscape changes over the decades and maybe in 20 years time, we'll be looking at a completely different industry, a completely different media world and by that time then yeah it might not be appropriate anymore but certainly for the foreseeable i think there's always going to be some kind of um gaming showcase event um it'll be in fortnite yeah well maybe um <laughs> everything's in fortnite i think it's interesting what ha has happened with um the game awards this year and the discourse that happened afterwards like mm -hmm. it was all fairly negative which isn't the first time that's happened um but historically i i think one thing i can say for uh, in jeff's favor uh is that when people have complained about stuff in the past he does seem to kind of acknowledge it and like pivot based around that so mm -hmm. like when people rightly complained why were there no women at all uh, at a previous event uh following that I think a concerted effort had been made to include some some women in it, which is, yeah. you know, that's, I mean, that, that in itself, you could argue is tokenism and that's not really what you want. But at least, you know, he made yeah. efforts to, to rectify those problems. And I do wonder if um, going forward, we might see more time for people to speak um, mm. on uh, the Game Awards and potentially we might see... <sighs> a slightly better balance between awards and trailers and stuff. And so in that sense, I think it's it it could be worse that the thing we're left with is Jeff Keighley's um, collection of various uh, shows that he does throughout the year. Because if nothing else, he does seem to at least try and improve them based on feedback, which you could argue was not necessarily the case for E3. Mm. It was just kind of stagnating and just doing the same thing over and over again. I think maybe one day, yes, the showcases we currently have will die mm. and they will be replaced by something very similar slash better. You know, it's just a kind of the circle of life, if you will. The Gamescom opening night live will probably eventually not be hosted by Jeff Keighley and will be something else entirely. And maybe Gamescom will go the same way as E3 and we'll have something else to replace it. Eventually things will go. Um, and I do think that this year... We've definitely seen a kind of more vocal shift in the reaction of people to Jeff Keighley's shows. Like you say, with the stuff about not including any women or just general disappointment. I think he's become a bit more aware of like 
the the vibe that he's been giving off and he's trying to you know temper expectations for a lot of these shows as yeah, well yeah he has been hasn't he sometimes yeah. don't get excited about whatever yeah there's nothing we've not got much day. new stuff yeah. it's mostly updates which is fair enough I think that the the backlash to the Game Awards, I think we'll have to see whether that changes anything next year. I would be surprised if things have improved next year, given that it's just kind of seemingly getting gradually worse in yeah. terms of everything that we complained about last week, which we won't go into again because we'll just get upset again. He did say that he thought uh, they were playing the music too soon. Yeah, and yeah. he went spoke straight on Twitter team. and said, yeah. Yeah, he, he said even towards the end of the show, he'd already had a word and said, can yeah. you not do that so much? Please? Yeah, exactly. So maybe we'll see some changes being made and maybe it will be less corporate greed but we'll have we'll have to see won't we but i think that eventually these things will go and we will be replaced by something else they will change and they will hopefully you know adapt with the audience and see what you know what we're doing at a time i don't want it to become one day that we're just doing like tiktok announcements and that's all you get i hope that something does come in to replace e3 i hope there is like another gaming convention that springs up somewhere that we can experience stuff and obviously like i say we've got gamescom but there's not really one in america now apart from e3 not that i can they think. got packs but they're, it's, oh, they not, have packs, it's still but not, it's not the same. same yeah you're right actually it's more europe and um i mean i guess there's tokyo game show as well but yeah, yeah like there's not actually a, a proper like american yeah. one because we've obviously got gamescom we've got egx mm. for us here um and there is you know the odd little one all around the place but maybe something will spring up in the US to kind of capture that appeal but um, that's the only thing actually I think we'd like more in-person events actually mm -hmm. coming out of the pandemic I know a lot of these in-person events got replaced with online stuff but it doesn't mean it has to stay like that and maybe we'll eventually see more stuff being announced at in-person events that would be nice yeah, they'll they'll. I don't think we'll ever see anything like E three before because the the whole reason it was formed is because the the burgeoning games industry of the nineties was sort of uh, not given any respect to the consumer electronics show which they were previously a part of. So they mm -hmm. all banded together to make E three, and none of them need it anymore. N none of them. So while there will there there will still be new events that you can go to and like play games and get hands on and you know hang out with friends and so on and so mm. forth like EGX. Uh I don't think you will ever see anything like E3 in that there will be showcases, you know, yeah. there there'll be announcements and and so on and so forth. The, the, we literally have Gamescom now. Mm -hmm. that's that's sort of what we're down to yes some stuff comes out of tgs but it's nowhere near as prevalent as it used to be there was a time when playstation had like a uh a, a press conference at tgs and they would announce things it would be more japan-centric stuff but they would do things like that and you could tune in live they don't do that anymore they haven't been to e3 for ages uh there was briefly paris games week was a thing mm. like a, f a good few years ago now where again there were some press events there until there is a need for like the the big few, be that publishers or platform holders, to all come together in the same space and hold talks at the same time to grab the attention of people around the world. Mm. E3 will never happen again uh, on, and nothing like it will ever happen again. And as I said, none of them need it, which is a shame because I do echo the, the sentiments of the people in our community and that I always wanted, like not from a fan perspective but from like a like as a career goal i always wanted to go to e3 and cover yeah. it and and that's not an option anymore and that sucks that is a real shame but it was outdated and they didn't adapt with the times and mm -hmm. that's 
That's just how it is. Do you think Jeff will tack on a little conference as part of yeah, Summer, wonder, Game uh, Summer Game Fest? Maybe. If he'll take this as kind of the moment to... What, like as in an in-person... Yeah, like an event. Thing. Well, this, like, we talked about this before, didn't we? There was some confusion. Of, like maybe mm. it was Summer Games Fest this year where he'd said previously it had been announced that there would be an in-person element to it. And then when it came to the thing... There was no hands-on Well, his in-person thing was just, you can come to the theater and watch me do my show. Yeah, mm. but there was like, but there was you're, you're right, but it. yeah, there was it was like misreported or something. Yeah. Some people thought there was going to be hands-on. If he was going to yeah. do that, now would be a great time to do it because yeah. E3 now definitely doesn't exist. But then... Really fill that hole. But equally, I kind of feel like if E3 has now gone the way it's gone uh, and, and no longer exists, maybe that's a sign that it's not, it might not be financially sustainable to put on a show, of, mm. or certainly not of that scale. And I guess he would have to build up to it if he did want to add some sort of hands-on component. Because we know that certainly on smaller scales, they can work reasonably well. Like Gamescom still seems to be doing okay, at least for the time being. So mm. yeah, he could he could include a new E3-esque Key aspect. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Exactly. Jeff, it's, time for, it's time for Jeff Key3. Um, yeah, he would have to scale up to something like E3. Mm. Like, Certainly, you're right, Then We have other things, but we will never see something that big with no. a presence from all those people making actual first reveals of huge things yeah. like it's consoles. It's not necessary, but I wish they still... Like, I wish it was yeah. treated with a reverence where it was like, yeah, we don't have to be here, but we want to be here because it's an industry institution. Yeah. I mean, they still do all of their like big shows in the summer. At least they have done the last few mm -hmm. years since E3 died. They yeah. still do these events. And we're still calling it not E3 and week. Yeah. Exactly. It's still kind of all at the same time, apart from Sony, who like to be different. But they're still doing it. So why... And I say why is it? I know the reason why, mm. but like... Why not just hang out in a warehouse? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you all just come to the same warehouse <laughs> and then you can just do like shows over the course of a week or something. I think like. part of it is probably, I mean, I know some of them do still do live showcases, but others don't do their stuff live anymore. It's mm. all pre-recorded streams. Boo. And I think that they probably like the um, the security of that, yeah. like mm. knowing that no one's going to jump on stage, yeah, no one's going to fall off stage, the message. no one's going to say the wrong thing, trip while they're dancing, and there's yeah. not going to be a problem like someone trying to play live and the controller not working or whatever. I miss it. I miss, I miss awkward, awkward I miss awkward executives who do not know what to do. Yeah. That's what I miss the most. You know, that Some was really fun. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we get a little bit of cringe at like Summer Game yeah, Fest. Yeah, we got a lot of the TGAs. The TGAs. I think it was intended. But it wasn't cringe in the sense of like, it's an awkward man who doesn't know how to speak. It was cringe in the sense of like, why is Simu Liu telling us about how he broke his foot? Mm. Yeah, it's because no one's told him not to. That's yeah, the problem. Exactly. Uh, in terms of answering the actual question, as you guys have said, I'd like to think that Jeff is listening very closely to mm -hmm. all the feedback. Um, but as is the nature with all things, everything will will come to an end or be outdated and mm -hmm. it'll be up to Jeff and his cohorts to see if they can adapt with the with the changing times. Uh, however, I would posit that each of his... What, is it, what are we up to now? Three? Four shows a year? Three. Three, Three shows a year. Each yeah. of his shows are practically identical. Mm. Like, yeah. they're almost exactly the same. He and wheels out Hideo Kojima yeah, in the middle Hideo of Hideo comes out, the usual games, the usual suspects are there. Whoever brought their checkbook with them is there yeah. every time. Like, Nexon is like, please talk about Honky Star Rail again. A Muppet yeah. is normally there. There's a Muppet there. Like, they're all very similar. Why does he and like the Muppets so much? <laughs> it's because he's just reached a point in his career where he's like, it's like how people say that Snoop Dogg is just finishing side quests now because he's doing yeah. what everyone's yeah. like Jeff is in a position he's an, an, an enviable it. position where he can do what he wants and he can hang out with his childhood icons and you know what 
Stop it. If he wants to hang out with the Muppets, can he do it in his spare time? Just, just. Can he do it when like a actually a, a Muppet product to promote? I always yeah. expect, two years in a row now, I keep thinking that they're going <laughs> to say, gonna do a Muppet and game. don't forget to play Muppets the video Muppet game. Muppet Mayhem. No, it's not, there's nothing it's to just, promote. It's, just it's gonzo. a fighter. Just Gonzo. <laughs> <laughs> and the chicken yeah. and monster. And chi- no, um, animal, not monster. Animal, sorry. He is a monster though yeah. on, the, on those drums. Am I right? So Damn I think straight. what he needs to do is differentiate the different shows. Like truly, if yeah. you want, if you want some variety, if you want to ensure longevity and like freshness, have a show that focuses on the award. Mm-hmm. Have one that focuses on indie games have one that's like uh that you you know you partner with specific brands so like do a playstation one do a nintendo one do an xbox one work with them make sure that all of these have an identity and you know what if he if he flips up and he drops the ball and like no one wants to watch his showcases anymore because they get advertised like 12 different variants of the steam deck over the course of three and a half hours yeah uh then we've got lots of alternatives already just to name drop a few Guerrilla Collective Showcase, Day mm-hmm. of the Devs, Devolver Direct, Access Ability Showcase, Wholesome Direct, Future Game Show, PC mm-hmm. Gaming Show. There's l- flipping tons. Every summer oh, we see more cringe. and more of them. PC Gaming Show. That's the PC the Gaming yeah, Show is usually the cringe, weird, the cringe yeah. show. But ultimately, the last note I've put here is that there will be never, there will never be anything like E3 ever mm-hmm. again, and that makes me sad. Yeah. yeah, it is sad. It is sad. Even though they did dox all those journalists. So, yeah. yeah. At least it's all very well documented. Documented. Uh, we yes, yeah, indeed. We can go back and relive E3s of E3s past. Yeah. Okay. Peggle two. Peggle two. Yeah. yeah. Well. There we are, everyone. Let us know what you thought of everything we discussed today. You sad E3's gone. Does Jeff have it in the bag? Do you sniff fence? It's been a bit of a sad episode today, isn't it? Yeah. Lots we, of doom so and gloom. Coming towards the end of the year, we've got layoffs, Day studio before, closures. being crap. Yeah, going bankrupt. Then we've had the layoffs. Uh, uh, E3's dead. not happening. E3's dead. Gosh, what the end of the year we're having? Platinum, Platinum Euro Gaming, oh, everyone. Um, really good. Well, we hope you're keeping well at home. Uh, thank you so much for listening slash watching this, watching to this podcast. Mm-hmm. We've got a few things to plug before we disappear. Peter's going to tell you where we are on the internet. You can find our content at youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. We stream on Twitch and we do our videos on YouTube and occasional special streams on there. But all of our regular streams are on Twitch. If you've got Amazon Prime, you are already paying for a Twitch sub you might not be using it and if you're not spend that on us no extra cost but you get all the benefits we get the dollar and uh that's Moolah. it everyone benefits so why not do that go on dare <laughs> you twitter facebook tiktok and instagram on all of those we are at team triple jump and we also have a patreon in case you don't mention that enough today patreon.com forward slash team triple jump triple up that's triple ju.mp that's our website you can go there to find links to literally everything that we do and uh, why not leave a five-star review on your platform of choice it helps something to do with al gore's rhythms and we'd really appreciate it just enough time to talk about this week's sponsor once again yes, which please. of course is the the game awards branded egg timer which will count you down 30 seconds until the perfect egg and hey if Please you've if you've got a flipping breakfast burrito ready to go, it will tell you to wrap it up, which is just multifaceted in a way that I don't think Jeff even thought about. So there we go. <laughs> we'll catch you next time, everybody. Reminder: go to Patreon if you're if you support us there, or don't and sign up and uh, have your voices heard for the Game of the Year podcast, and also give us some questions for our bonus podcast, where we'll just answer any old flipping anecdotal thing you want to send our way that is not current news related because it'll be out of date by the time it goes out. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. See ya. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.